you are the podcast master. What's shaking world? We are in Las Vegas, Nevada, quarantined. Well, kind of. We are kind of on lockdown, the South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa, which really isn't that bad of a place to be on lockdown when you really, truly think about it and you see this place and uh, understand how cool it is to have them roll the red carpet out for all of us here at the PBR for the team challenge that's happening the entire month of June. If you haven't already checked it out, I encourage you to uh, watch along on Ride Pass, CBS Sports Network, CBS. Uh, it's a very fun concept. It's very cool to be able to say we are live from Las Vegas three nights a week every weekend here through the month of June, and ultimately we are heading back to South Dakota, which is going to be fun because for the first time in a long time, we get to perform in front of fans. Cannot wait to do that. Um, It's Maybe it's a thing where I do a podcast and and go through the intricacies of everything we have done, all the protocol, talk a little bit about some of the the behind-the-scenes stuff. If you've been following along on social media, We've showed you uh, quite a bit of the stuff behind the scenes. I mean, to the point where South Point opened up uh, an entire bowling alley just for the people here at the PBR that are, are are here and not leaving, not going anywhere, not getting outside of this little bubble that we have that we're working in, this environment that they've created for us. So um, very, very cool to be a part of everything that's happening right now in the PBR and uh, here in Las Vegas. Uh, very cool. To have this podcast drop today, one that I'm really excited about because I I started in this industry as uh, a big fan of the guy we know as Fearless Frank Newsom. We talk a little bit about where that name came from, um, about his growing up, about his road to becoming a guy that a lot of people look at as one of the greatest, if not the greatest bullfighter of all time. Some of the people that he really likes working with and watching right now. Um, and some fun little behind the scenes things. I will say this, you get to listen and hear Frank Newsom like you've never seen before, which I, I think is very, very cool. Some things that we talk about, especially as soon as this podcast starts, we jump right into some of the things that you never thought you would hear Frank Newsom say. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Again, going back to everything we're doing out here in Las Vegas, if you're not following along, we, we've started this kind of cool little pre-show slash recap show we we've called the morning after myself colby yates kate harrison we've drugged justin felisco in with us and we're we're doing this little thing every single morning during the weekends talking about what we what we saw uh during the broadcast what we saw in the arena around the arena back behind the scenes just kind of giving everybody a little update on what's happening so we're doing that on my facebook page matt l west follow along on instagram same thing uh, still trying to get the YouTube channel up and running to where we like it before we continue to launch it, but keep checking that out as well. So, uh, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. We're going to get straight to it. Um, man, one of my heroes that I got to sit down with really, really enjoyed this one. Hope you guys do too. If you do, let me know on the reviews, wherever you download your podcast, hit me up with a rating and let me know what you think of this podcast. Would love to hear from you. Uh, drop me a comment on social media too. So I know if you enjoyed this as much as I did. So let's get to it. Here's my conversation with the one and only fearless Frank Newsom. I never really uh, took you as a sushi guy. I love sushi. It's I, random, I know. Yeah, I never did. And then 
actually out here at the at the sushi restaurant or whatever here is yeah. the first time I had it, and I've been hooked ever since. Well, and it's crazy because it's super good here. We both grew up in Oklahoma. I don't know if anybody knows this. There's not really good sushi in yeah. Oklahoma. Found, there's one place now, like up in Norman, that we found that's pretty good. But yeah, yeah. I, I told Megan the other day, and and told a couple of people, I wanted to start this podcast like this because I don't know how many things you and I have in common. I know a few things, but one thing I found out that we have in common is we're cat dads. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kids like kids will make you do. If you'd have told me I'd ever fed a cat, like maybe just. <laughs> Throw some at a barn in a barn to some cats, but like at home, like we've got cats and they're not in the house, but they're all around the house, you know. And of course, my kids, they're like they love them to death, you know. And you, next thing you, you know, I mean, we're I've had to take them to the vet, and I mean, all oh. the, all of it, you know. And I yeah. I know that's gonna it, there's gonna come a point where I have to do that, but I'm at the point where it's like. Are you buying food for them? Like, are you going to the store well, and buying we, food for I've them? I've got a sponsor deal with Total Feed, and okay. I get dog food, so they learn how to eat dog food. But, like, if I don't pay, like, every now and then I look up, and there's a sack of cat food. So when I'm gone, the kids get mom to do whatever. That's you funny. Know? Yeah. I never in a million years, and I, I swore I wouldn't, I, I swore a lot of things would never happen that have happened, but I, cats have never been my thing yeah. i would never own a cat we had this one barn cat that i knew she would kind of run out to the barn every one like every couple months i might see her or, you know a couple times a year whatever all of a sudden i have a new roommate that decides to start feeding every animal that comes within five miles of the place and then this cat had been coming up for a little bit and then all of a sudden had kittens, yeah, and now there's five of them, and so I just I now I'm going to the store and buying cat food, and I'm I'm thinking somebody's gonna pop off and say something smart about me being a cat dad, but no, it, it's funny because I uh I don't know I never pictured you as a sushi guy or a cat dad, so yeah yeah there you go life just took me in all kinds of directions you know yeah <laughs> ain't that the truth uh did you ever think you'd be fighting bulls in Vegas? Living here for a month. I mean, the Man, resume the that day, you put together. The other day when we were in that arena and the way it's set up and just the whole the whole setup of it, I just I looked at Don Lowens. I was like, did you ever think it'd be like this? And we both were looked like we're never, you know. Yeah. And just to see how far it's come and, and to see where it is, it's just, it's really amazing. It's changed a lot since you started. I mean, oh, yeah. even probably since you're obviously a lot, since your first trip to Vegas. When was the first time you came to Vegas? 97 was my first time to the, make the finals. I was 21, I guess. My birthday was during the finals. I was turned 22. Really? Uh, so it was definitely, uh, it's come a long ways. You know, it was at MGM. And, uh, of course, then, at the, in the moment then, it was the biggest thing ever, you know. And, yeah. and uh, now to see how far it's come, it's just, it's crazy. It's weird because I sometimes, and and I don't mean this in, I don't really know how to say this, but it's like we get so caught up in being in it that we forget to step back and look at how big it really is. I mean, yeah. because in 2007, 
I came out here 2006, 2007. I came out here and bought tickets just to be a fan and to try to meet somebody, you know, thinking maybe someday I might be able to do one. I, I never knew that I'd be doing the whole tour for years yeah. and then be doing the finals and all that stuff. I mean, did, did you think you would ever be doing this full time? Like this is where you would be? Well, like I always did. Cause I mean, I always like, as soon as I, the first day I started fighting bulls, like it was just consume, it consumed me, you know, and it was just, uh, which was when when did you first oh, i was 17 i think it was 92 okay. so you know and the guy I worked for road bulls really good and uh he was a real big supporter of me and or helped me you know and encouraged me and man i just i knew i was gonna be the best but like that was my goal you yeah. know and i worked every day at it and um uh, i know like i started out rodeoing and you know and then the bull riding's come on and i like from the first bull riding I worked, I knew I like that was my deal, you know. And but I still rodeoed for a long time, and then as it gradually got bigger and bigger, I just gradually chose bull riding, you know. And yeah, yeah. So well, they started this brand and this thing. I think it became a bigger monster than a lot of people even realized it was going to be. I mean, now you start looking at it. This PBR has taken off, and and to think that it's in Brazil and Australia and Mexico and Canada, I mean, it's 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 far bigger than even what we just see. It's yeah. crazy to think about how big bull riding has become. It is, it is, and just uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, sometimes it's just all you can do to keep up with your own schedule, and then you know, much less in your all the bull ridings that are going on, the right. ones that I'm not at, you know, and. Um, it's just, it's just, it's awesome to see where it's come. So before seventeen-year-old Frank started fighting bulls, how'd you, where'd you grow up? Well, I was actually grew up in Texas. I was born in Oklahoma, and then we left when I was young, and grew up in Texas. My family, my mom and dad, still live down there. And uh, man, we just grew up working cattle, working with dad, uh, playing football, showing cattle. Uh, you know, rodeoing really wasn't a part of our life. You really. Know, and, Every now and then he'd he'd take me, cause I always wanted to, and he'd take me to. We'd go get on some of our own cattle, you know. He'd we'd take them and buck them, and I I was terrible at it. But I remember seeing J.W. Hart, you know, and when I I was a kid, and he's the same age I was, and we were at this youth rodeo, and he won the steer riding, he won the junior bull riding, he won the senior bull riding, and we were like twelve. Yeah, yeah, and. And then he leaves, and everybody's like, yeah, his dad's taking him to Billy Bob's. He's entered in the bull riding down there, you know. And I was just thinking, that's the coolest guy I've ever seen, you know. And I was, you know, I was raised around some really good, real cowboys, you know. And But just never get, never really got to be around rodeo until I got into high school and started working with Jay Cochran. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So 17-year-old Frank, who who do you go to? Like, where do you start – Trying to learn, you know. Man, we we ended up going down to Mac Yolkum, which he lived in a town about 15, 20 miles from us. And he was actually the sheriff, but owned a lot of bulls, kind of a stock contractor, raised a lot of pretty good bulls, you know. And, and so Jay would haul me down there and go with me down there and shoot, man. I didn't, he didn't really know how to tell me nothing other than, you know, he was just there to, if I was knocked out, take care of me, or you know what I mean, yep. just help mend me up. But more of a babysitter than yeah, you know, yeah. like he didn't really know how to tell me what to do other than you know that good job or you know you made that save or 
you know, or, hey, get back in there, try it again, you know? <laughs> so it was a lot of trial and error. Oh, yeah. Get in there and try yeah. to figure it out. Who did? Who was the first, like, mentor you had? I, I put out a deal on Instagram, and that was one of the big questions. Like, everybody wanted to know who who was the guy that you kind of looked to or, like, Man, your first mentor. I, uh, it really it really turned around for me when I got around Rex Dunn. Mm-hmm. But there was some guys before that, um, Chris Onstead, uh, Kurt Guy, Bud Jackson. They were they Buddy were Jackson from the Road Crew. Oh, no, no yeah, but they were the like in that circle. I when I got started, you know, the circle of where we would go to Buck Bulls. They they had been around, you know, and they had some experience. And them guys, they they took me under their wing, you know, and and told me everything they could and tried to help me out, you know. And uh, they're still good friends of mine, you yeah. know. And and then I kind of, you know, moved on and and uh, which them guys, you know, Kurt and uh, Onstead, they they had their pro card. They worked a lot of good rodeos, you know, and. Just really great guys. You See, know? That's how it was for me. You know, I, I grew up a mile from this guy named David Wesson who rode bulls like, you know, in CRRA and like rode at a couple of the BROs when they first started, whatever. And his son, I was right between his two sons in age. And uh, his youngest son started riding bulls and going to these junior bull ridings and stuff. And they started bucking bulls at their house and practice pin. And that's, that's who kind of like I would go to, that's where I, I first picked up a microphone. And then like questions I would have, I would just constantly, I was around all the time and we were always bucking bulls and doing something or guys were coming out to step in front of them or something. And I just, I would ask the most annoying questions I could just to try to, Hey, why'd you do this? Or why'd yeah. you do that? And then fast forward to, even present day 2020 i'm still asking questions you could ask webster you know hey why'd you do this or what what happened here what you know uh little things like that because like i still i'm still a student of the game oh yeah and you and i were talking about that it, it's it's fun to realize that you're still a student you know because yeah you've been doing this for however many years and you still find things where you keep well, it's it's kind of funny when you really break it down like I started fighting bulls in June of the same year. Cody was born in April of the same year, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here he is the best, you know. And and I got to help be a part of that. And, you know what I mean? And, and actually, there's a scripture in the Bible where it talks about, like, if the student works hard enough, that the student can become the teacher. Yeah. You know, and we talked about that the other day. Like, you know, he's kind of revived me, you know, and now he's kind of, pushing me you know and kind of waking up stuff in me you know and it's cool you know i'm glad you brought that up because i think one of the things that a lot of casual fans don't realize is how deep-rooted you are in your faith like you and that's another one of the things that we have in common that i started the show with is like very spiritual spiritual yeah i'll get it out in a minute um where does that come from well just because it hadn't always been that way. Well, I was raised. I was raised knowing the Lord. I was raised in a church, a good church, and mm-hmm. but I didn't. I never really followed followed the Lord, you know. And and I, you know, with the rodeo life, the freedom, uh, I've got a real sinful nature, I guess. Sin sin has always been easy for me, you know. And and I never was a bad guy. I was always one of the winners, you know. But but sin got kind of overwhelmed in my life and got took took control there for a while and kind of took everything away from me and the lord you know when i come to the lord and i really wanted him Mm -hmm. i wanted to follow him he showed up you know and he 
forgave me of much, you know, and started putting good people in my life, you know, and and helped me turn things around. And I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to dive too much into personal life, but like you had started building a pretty good resume, correct? Like you had been to, you'd been to Vegas. Um, Where were you when you really started hitting a bump in the road? Like what all had you achieved? Well, like I was one of the youngest guys to ever work the NFR, the young, one of the youngest to ever be at the PBR finals. And my, you know, it was kind of as I was on my way up achieving all my goals that I worked so hard for along that way, I had picked up so many bad habits and got into so much sinful stuff. Drinking got out of hand, you know, and then some dope got involved and my intentions were never bad on any of that, but it was, um, it just got that way, and then I got addicted, and so as I was reaching all my goals, it was slowly getting took away from me. I couldn't even see it, you know, and yeah. um, you know, and next thing you know, I'm in trouble with the law, and you know, just the whole, the whole deal, you know, yeah. like, and um, you know, and it's it's the truth, you know, that the devil he wants to take everything good out of your life and he That's did right. and I, I I let him do it, you know. But at some point that turns around. It did. Where was it that did. turning point? Well, I was sitting in a jail and um there was a, I was a trustee, I work I was a worker, you know, they let me work, so they had a TV and the PBR finals was coming on in 99 or 2000, I think. I broke my leg in 99, so I missed it, but in 2000 I I was supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so that was kind of one of the slap in the faces, like, hey, you know, it's like reality check, you know, how things get this way, you know, and I had to really take a look at it and look at myself and look at the way things were. And and then I, and then a lot of them old roots set in, you know, that what I learned when I was a kid, uh, you know, and then I just... I remember Jesus, you know, and I was like, I, I need you, Lord. I don't, it ain't to get out of trouble. It ain't to fix this mess. It's just, I need you. I'm in a bind, you know, and, and that's, that's really when he showed up, you know. And Ain't it funny how we, we constantly revert back to things. And like, I, I really do believe life goes full circle. Like we, we all grow up and I say all like a lot of us in this lifestyle and in this world, we grow up being taught the right things, knowing the right things, but it's like there comes a time in life where you have to go find out for yourself. Oh yeah. You know, you, you've yep. got to make your own mistakes and you've got to learn from your own mistakes. But I, and, and I know that now you're probably trying to tell the kids the same thing. Like you don't need to do this. You don't, oh, yeah. you ever worry about that? Like, oh yeah. They're going to go. I, I was like when Webster was growing up, man, I was so yeah. hard on him and, and, I, and, I, and I'm so hard on my own kids, and a lot of that's just that fear of knowing what can happen, you know. And and sometimes I have to even kind of check myself back, like, hey, you know, right? You got to let them make. <laughs> you can't, right. You can't be in fear of them making a mistake, you know, because. But uh, it it does drive you to want to, yeah. you know, just teach them everything you can about the truth, you know. And, so bounce back and, you know, you go through a little rough spot in the road, you, you, you get cleaned up, you get out of all of that world. Now you're back focused on something that you missed out, something that the devil had taken away from you. Um, like what were the difficulties there? Like, was it hard to just jump back in the swing of things? Did oh, you it was real hard. I had, to, I had to start from scratch right. again, like go back to the very beginning of working just little open rodeos and, and building that trust back in people, you know, and, uh then going back to open bull ridings and and then 
letting people know that I'm for real this time and I'm clean and I'm going to stay that way, you know, and I'm going to do things right. Because we see it all the time. We see somebody yeah. that, that gets down on their luck or goes through a, a little bump in the road and they come back and they're like, nope, I'm good. I'm good. You can trust mm-hmm. me this time. Yeah. And then inevitably nine times out of 10, they burn that person again. Something happens. So, so it's yep. hard. Yep. It's difficult, but you did it. You obviously, you know, you worked at it and you proved yourself. Yeah. Um, you, you talk about Webster. And you like I'm I'm tying all this together because like we all have these great people in our lives where you know not just ourselves but you were talking about Webster stopped and picked up Riggin earlier today oh yeah and it's good to have like God willing someday I'll have kids and I hope that I can bring them around the Frank Newsoms and the Cody Websters and you know the guys that we're surrounded by because. You know, you don't have any problem sending your kids with Webster because oh no, I don't have people. Yeah, and I don't worry about it at all. And and like even his mom, like she's probably the most protective woman over her kids as anybody I've ever seen. And and that's part of why I love her. But like you know, she knows Cody would. Yeah, he's he's not gonna get him in a bind. And there's nothing that's gonna be said that he don't need that he don't that she wouldn't want him to hear. You know, and in the truck or. You know, or anything like that. Let's talk about her. How long have you guys been together, you and Dia? Man, it's a pretty cool story. Like, we actually started dating back in, like, 96. Mm-hmm. She was singing at the rodeo. She's a great singer. And, yeah. and I was fighting bulls. And uh, anyways, the guy introduced us, Stanley Foster's a great friend of ours. And uh, I was actually chasing this other girl. And I <laughs> wasn't paying much attention to her, you know. And this other girl kind of had my eye and... Well, anyways, later that night we were at uh, the after party and she was singing for Daryl uh, Singletary, really op- opening up for him, and and she just blew blew everybody away. And I mean, she so just, she actually had like a full band and everything. Oh man, she was it's it's hard to it's hard to describe to you like as good as I fought bulls, right? She sings better. Well, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I've heard her, like, and that's I just didn't know she and, had done a full. And thing. I don't know that anybody y'all have heard bits and pieces, but right. Back when she was really doing it, like Carrie Underwood, you know how yeah. good, she, like she could be there or above that if she would would really wanted it. Yeah. But all she, you know, there was that point there where she was like, you know, I just want to be a mom and a mm-hmm. and a and a wife, you know, and yep. and lucky for me, you know, <laughs> and uh, but but we did date for and it was serious, you know, for a year and a half there and. She was still pursuing her singing, and I was, of course, all I could think about was myself and fighting bulls. And anyways, it didn't. We kind of split up, you know. And we both went through another marriage. And she had her oldest boy, so he was four when we got back together, mm-hmm. you know. And and then uh, it was funny because like the Rex was my mentor, you know. And the whole time we were dating, the first time we stayed at his house a lot, you know. I was just there all the time. Well, she got to be good friends with his wife and. Well, this bull, later on, this bull put him in the hospital. He raised fighting bulls, and uh, he was in a coma. So where I was at, I heard about it, and I was like, I'm gonna, I am gonna, got to get down there and check on his wife mm-hmm. and make sure everything, you know, to see what I can do to help. So I get down there, and, well, then a day or two into that, the phone rings, and I pick it up. was well, Dia calling to check on Sis, and I answer it. Yeah. And then I have a. I'm getting back to my bull ridings. Well, I got an open bull riding booked for the next week in the town where she's living. Really? You know, so like if we get out of God's way, like He can really do yeah. some stuff. You know, so like, so I 
Anyways, we but talk. That's easier said than done sometimes. Oh, Getting out gosh. of God's way is yeah. not an easy yeah. thing to do. Oh, man, it's so hard. And so anyways, so we we get there and we just you know, we both had found, you know, got right with the Lord and and really wanted that wanted that in our life and uh you know, Hunter was 4, you know, and I met him and you know, one thing led to another. Next thing you know, here we are, 16, 17 years later, married. It's crazy. You know, kids and all this and all these miles. So It's so funny because, like, that's something, and I have to constantly remind myself, is, like, I get so focused on the things that I want, and it's like, I want to get this done. I want to accomplish this. Sometimes you just have to take a deep breath and get out of God's way because it's not be yeah. the road you want to go down. Yep. You know, he he yep. has something totally different planned for us sometimes, and and it's hard for us. Like, and I I think a lot of people never see that, and that's sad to me. Yeah, that, that they never realize they need to get out of the way. Well, and we're all so driven. Yeah, and so that's a good thing, right? But then that same thing can get you in a bind, and it can be a good thing, you know. That can even get you kind of off off track a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, I'll circle back to the bull riding now because you've shared a locker room. We we obviously know now it's a kind of a rotation between Webster and Shorty Gorham and Jesse Byrne. But when you look back through your career, who are some of the guys in the locker room that really kind of stick out? Because you've been around some characters. Man, I'll go back to I actually talked to his, you know we buried him a while back, but Jimmy Anderson mm-hmm. and I talked to Lou, which was he was his wife before. I don't know how you say that. I guess it ain't his ex-wife, but widow, widow, yeah, yeah widow. So anyway, so I talked to her last night on the phone, and uh, you know, Jimmy, God, he was such a rough guy, you know, and like, I, you know, but I, I knew like he was one of the best, like as far as cowboy yeah. protection and tough, and just he, he taught me, he brought me to another level, is kind of the way we put it. And uh, but but also there was so many rough things, you know, and and after, you know, you try to like kind of block all some of that out, you know, and uh, and think about that guy really taught me a lot, yeah. you know, about uh, bullfighting and saving bull riders and being at that level where we need to be here, you know, and and he was one of the first guys that really like in this deal really valued teamwork, you right. know. And so, like, in our bullfighting deal, it's evolved, like, you know, to what it is now, mm-hmm. like Jimmy uh, and then Bumgardner, mm-hmm. you know. When we could get that get that teamwork really functioning right, man, you know, that's that's what kind of got us to where we are now, you know. It's pretty to watch. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's so cool to be in the middle of it. I told you, know? you guys that last weekend watching, and it felt like everything just clicked, like – Timing, timing is as big a thing in, in fighting bulls now as it ever has been. Because now, typically, there's three of you instead of just one heading and one getting on the other end, you know, and trying yep. to make your way in. Um, did it take getting used to to kind of change that? Because I, I got to assume yeah, like, like you spent a lot of time just you and another guy. Well, and that's and like I remember starting out like you know used to you'd get hired to work a whole rodeo by yourself, right? And there'd be a barrel man, maybe. right? Or and I even remember getting hired on to bull ridings by myself, you know. But but I always valued that teamwork. Yeah. When you had that guy that knew what teamwork was, and and y'all would get it on together, yeah. that was just like you were getting fed. Like that, that was better than a paycheck, yeah. you know. And and then to see that, like when the three man deal got into it, Bumgarner started getting that third man involved. You know, then we got to really see what it could do. 
But if you got one wrong guy in there, it can sure yeah throw it. It can it can be terrible. Yeah. But if you got guys that are just understand the concept of teamwork, man, it's fun. It's like that with anything, though. Yeah. I mean, it's oh, yeah. like that in relationships. It's like yeah. that in what I do. Like, if you just understand that we're supposed to work together. Yeah, it's like this one job we're out to do. Mm-hmm. And it don't really matter who does it or, like, in that moment, who gets it done. Yep. It's just getting it done, yep. you know. And we, we all are going to yeah. get to the finish line. Yeah. And that's the yeah. name of the game, if we can do it together. I want to jump in here because – I put this out there that we were going to do this podcast, and I had some questions. And uh, one of the one of the questions that popped in says, "Ask Frank about being drug around the arena by his necktie." Man, that was a long, long time ago. I wonder who sent that. Like, uh, I'll give you two guesses. It, it starts with Cody and ends with Webster. Oh yeah, man. I was I actually it was the first time Rex had trusted me enough to send the fighting bulls with me mm-hmm. and it was at kansas city at the old kemper arena uh super bowl finals uh, we'd worked in bull rides all that year and then gone to the bull fights and so i was i was entered and we were at a school at rex's house so he couldn't leave but he trusted me to haul the bulls up there so i mean this is like a big deal for me you know like mm-hmm. he trusts me you know and so, like, I get up there, and, and he, he sends three pretty bad little dudes with me. And so, anyways, long story short, I nod for mine, and this smoking gun, he comes out there, and next thing I know, he knocks, knocks me out and gets on top of me. Well, he runs his little curled horns in my necktie, and it didn't come loose. And, like, he, they said he drove me around. I should have broke They my said. Neck. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't remember any of it. I didn't wake up till I got to the hospital later that night. And, like, it was kind of a bad deal, and. And uh, but all I can remember thinking was I gotta go check on them bulls. You know, like I'm trying to get out of that hospital, and they're thinking, you know, and this ain't like Tandy was there. You know, this is you're at the hospital, and yeah. they don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. You know, they're like the bull ate you or bit you or what he do. You know, yeah, like, they don't understand. They don't understand. Yeah. You know, and so I'm just like I just got to get out of here. You know, because I gotta go check on these bulls. You know, and uh, luckily, you know, it just. Nothing real bad happens, you know. Right. But it could have been like, oh, Jim Bob Feller. He said, "You should have had a broke neck. You should, you know, you should have been paralyzed. Right. You know how bad it was." Lucky. Yeah. A lot of times, just, I mean, yeah. it just boils down. Yeah. Sometimes we're just lucky. What's and this is inevitable that people ask us, "What's the worst wreck you've been in?" Man, I don't know. Like um, that deal that happened in Oklahoma City with that bull kicked me in the face and then oh, he hooked yeah. me in the face and it, and and I don't know that that was the worst that ever happened but it's, it kind of messed that thing up in my neck which it pinched the nerve off and like so muscles just started dying in the left side of my body so like it freaked me out you know like yeah. you're working hard every day and your muscles are still dying like yeah. it kind of gets to a guy you know and then to go in and have neck surgery you know was kind of a big deal like of course, Tandy, you know, sends me to Dr. Dossett, and he's the best, you yeah. know. And just like anything Tandy does, you know, it, it gets done perfect. I, it, but Muscles look like they're working good now. Well, and like I said, I finally learned to trust Tandy and yeah. do exactly the way he tells you to rehab and do everything the way he tells you, and it works. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. But What's your workout routine? Because you look like you're in as good a shape right now as – Guys in their early twenties. I mean, you look like you're in. I, I don't. I man, didn't know I, you in 1997, but yeah, man, you look like you're. Man, I super feel good. good I've always worked hard, but I think you know, like even me and Webster were talking about, 
you know, even go back to, you know, 10 years ago, like, it's like, we just know, I think we're just doing more effective workouts and we're just smarter and we're eating better. And I think it's just, a, I don't know. It's just, it's just like anything. You get better as you keep going, and it's more effective. Well, it's a process. You continue to learn yeah, you what learn. works. You just learn. You yeah. know. And like you said, you can yeah. hyper-focus in on what works and helps you with your yeah. craft and your trait. So it's cool because uh, I remember even when I when I first started announcing, you didn't see guys doing a whole lot of working out. You yeah. didn't see guys you know, really paying attention to what they were eating. The whole game has evolved so much, yep. um, even to what you put in your body. Uh, you you run a lot, yeah, quite a bit. And if I'm if I got you know if like something fired up in my leg, or I'll mm-hmm. get on the bike. And yeah. that's something else I'm trying to learn how to do is be smarter about what I do and yeah. where I'm not just damaging stuff. And all right, we talked about the lows. Let's talk about the highlights because you've you've been to the PBR World Finals. You you've done everything that like bullfighters want to accomplish. When you look back, what's the highlight of your career to you? Oh man, there's just been so many highs, like, and it's, it's really doesn't have nothing to do with me, but like when Cody got first, when he got voted in, and I knew that was going to happen, like, from the first day I met him when he was 11, mm-hmm. like, I knew this kid was going to be the best, but I didn't know if I was going to get to still be around to right. see it, and be, yeah. be, or not to see it, but to be actually in the game with him, you know, and for that to happen the way it did, that was a real high, like a – it's hard to describe, you know. But um, there's just been so many, you know. Um, it's hard to pick any any one thing, you know. But there's been a lot of just real high moments. Do you, you ever know? have rides that you look back and go, man, I was in the arena for that? Because yeah, I and do. I was, like J.B. riding Bushwhack still sticks yep. in my head. like Tulsa. You know, and, uh, you know, even go back to – Troy Dunn riding uh, Red Wolf mm-hmm. at the finals, you know, and like that bull, it was like four seconds into it, this sucker just comes alive and catches another three gears, you know, and yeah. Troy's just right there with him, you know, and, uh, you know, and then Shivers on that, I can't remember, the, it was a yellow bull, Harper Morgans, you know, and just, I don't know, there's just so many, so many great moments, you know, and like Gaffney, he could ride one as pretty as anybody, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, McBride, you know, that year when he won the world the second time, like the first time it come down to that last bull with Camo and Camo was ahead of him, but yeah. he wouldn't let, you couldn't have made him let go of that rope. Like his head literally dragging the ground and he will not turn loose of that rope. And it looks terrible. It was a terrible yeah, ride. But effective. But it wrote, won him the world. Like it, you know, but then come around two years later and he, Exact same deal, exact same bull. Yep. And he looked a little different. He's that so time. far ahead of this sucker. He's just <laughs> waiting on him to hit the ground because he's going to spur him a little bit, you know. And it was just, it was really cool to be there, you know, when that, when all that happened. And then to get to be like when JB won the world that first time, it was, it was just so beautiful the way he did it that whole second half of the year and how yeah. great he rode. And it was that, just cool to get to be a part of it. To me, that's the thing that I, I think I'm going to look back and say, you know, there's there's some cool moments, but even like Cooper, when Cooper won his world title, coming back that second half, you know, 
uh, the Chase Outlaw story uh, of getting smashed up in Cheyenne oh, yeah. and coming back a year later and winning. Like to me, those are the things that I'm going to look back and go, "Holy cow!" Like I, I got to be front row for all of that stuff. Um, you've That's talked what's to, so cool about what it. It is. I mean, it is. because at the end of the day, I'm a big you fan. Can't, you can't be in this game and not be inspired. That's right. You know, if there, you are, you got your head so far up your rear end or something. We're surrounded know. by so many guys that are yeah. so. Um, I don't know how to say it, but like they're so inspiring. They, yeah. they really are. Like yeah. even just seeing the guys in the gym, you know, if I walk into a hotel gym and see the guys in there working out, like I'm going to work out harder knowing that those guys are in there and they might look over there or not. Oh, you yeah. Know, as, as opposed yeah, to just they, going in by yourself. It's just kind of a natural push, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you told me yesterday you're as hungry as you've been in a while. Man, I feel it. I just feel like a, like, I don't even feel my age. I just feel like I'm just focused on them bulls. How old are you? Uh, 45. Really? Yeah. So I'm just craving that next bull and that next situation to have to go deal with, you know, and um, I'm just enjoying it. It changes know? things. Yeah. When, when you're yes. craving going to work because oh, yeah. a lot of people just float through. Yeah. There's a lot of talented bullfighters that just float through because they don't have that passion, I guess. Yeah. Um, I've seen I've seen so many talented bullfighters that never make it, and guys that I think could have been in that conversation as like one of the greats, but they never made it because something got in their way. Most of the time, it's themselves. But um, I wanted to ask: are, are you privy to like some of the memes that float around, like fans that'll put out there every once in a while, like the boogeyman checks under his bed at night for Frank Newsom, or yeah. if Chuck Norris gets my scared, kids, he calls Frank Newsom. Yeah. My kids get a kick out of that, like. <laughs> They, oh, look, Dad, look at what they come up with this time. And I'm just, you know, I'm like, whatever. You know, like this one kid, like I see this young kid, and he's like showing me this. Yeah, Chuck Norris, you know, he's afraid of you. And I was like, kid, come here, come here. <laughs> Chuck Norris would stomp a mud hole in me, you know. Like I'd probably take it as long as I could, but he would stomp me from one end of the day, to, you know, to the next. But it's like. I don't know. It's just funny, you know. When did that name start coming up? Like, everybody started calling you Fearless. Like, when did that start to... Man, I can't really... I think Brandon had something to do with it. Bates. Really? But I don't really remember, like, when it did, but I don't know. You know what I mean? And I, and I try to tell the kids at the school and young guys I'm working with, like, that's not reality, you know, because... Right. You know that fear is something we need to deal with. We need to learn how to deal with it, and it's it's not our it's not like it's our friend, but we want it to be right there. Like we want to live in that reality of what we do, and and uh, so you know what I mean. For for me to encourage that is to it's yeah. a false deal, you know. Like, right. and I don't want that. You know, I, I don't want people to think that. You but know? it but it it fits in, in a couple of different areas because I mean. Every time I've ever seen something not go your way in the arena, you're yeah. you're right back and you're like, it's time to get even or it's time to yeah. to make good on what happened. Yeah. Um, but you've been that way in your life too, you know? And, and it's like, okay, this didn't go my way. It's time for I'm not I'm not gonna be fearful. I'm gonna drive forward. Yeah. Have courage. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that you've done that same thing in your spirituality because a lot of people are fearful to go out there and admit or put it in the forefront and you've never been that way you you you've always been you've always been 
you know, I, I don't know, like you, you've just come across as a guy that just wasn't scared to put yeah. yourself out there. Well, I know one thing, like the Lord is, he's got, you know, he's forgiven me so much and I could never repay for what he did, you know, on the cross that day. But like there was, I remember a time at the finals and it was like a church service and I don't know how many people were there, but it was more people than I've ever seen. Yeah. And I had, and I was supposed to speak mm-hmm. and I, I, I I did my homework. I I knew what I was going to bring. I get up there in front of them, and I mean the spirit hits me on all this stuff I've been dealing with, and that's personal. But right, I long story short, I break down. I'm crying like a baby in front of everybody, trying to deal with all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And here's all you know what I mean. And then the Lord ends up making a great, you know, brings it to the table with the great word, right. And and a lot of people got a lot of good out of it. Right. But here I am, you know. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm gonna do whatever you want me to do. And if it's crying in front of two thousand people, I mean, I guess I want to do it. And you know? see, to me, that's where the nickname. But I'm gonna comes be in. real about it. You know what I mean? I ain't gonna. That's where the fearless thing comes into me the most, is because I have seen that side of you, and and you've never been scared to just be yourself. Yeah. And and I love that. Yeah. Um, if you weren't a bullfighter, what would you be doing? Man, I, I, I'll be honest. The other day, I or here a while back, I took a job welding. Yeah, and um, and during the uh, off time or in the between bull ridings, just trying to kind of not that retirement's in my thoughts, but just try to have some things set up to take care of D and the kids. So I was, I run onto this guy, and he's like, "Man, come and I'll hire you, and I'll get you certified. Mm-hmm. I'll teach you all the stuff you need to know." And which I've been welding my whole life, I thought. And I get to there, and I get to this thing, and these guys, these guys are the best, you know. And so I'm realizing how much I don't know, you know. And so I just dig into that, and I'm working my butt off, and these guys are teaching me stuff, you know. But I really don't know. Uh, I'd be a worker, you know. I'm a worker. I've always been a worker. Um, work with my hands. I can I can do a lot of different things, you know. You uh you said the R word. I didn't say it. Uh, a decade from now, twenty well, years from well, now. Well, my, my my youngest boy says the other day. He said, "You know, Dad, it'll be all right when you're fifty-five. When you're fifty-five, you okay. know." And I'm like, "Rigging? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of taking it one day at a time here, you know." And of course, his mom's over there going, you know, like, "Yeah, please no," you yeah. know, like I don't know. I think she's kind of getting ready for it i know she is but she's she's a good woman she's gonna hang in there as long as she knows supportive yeah as long as i'm bringing it like i am right yeah but uh i i think a lot of times and jb always gets mad when people start talking about retirement and everything and i I don't think that it's it's one thing like with him he probably has a lot more people saying you should retire you don't it's it's a question it's like when when are you gonna flint deals with it and i don't think it's out of disrespect i think it's I think it's personally, I think it's, we want to savor every moment we have. Yeah. And like every chance I, I, I truly spent believe a, I spent a half a lifetime being where I'm at this right. moment. So how am I going to pick one day to, right. you know, but I know if like, if I was going out there and I couldn't, wasn't being effective, mm-hmm. if I was in the way, right. You know, and, and Cody's honest with me about that. Like right. I'm like, you know, and like my wife's honest about that, right. you know, and I, I value that. You know, and I feel like I'm still effective and, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to be there. So, yeah. you know, I just, uh, I'll know when it's time, I think. Yeah. What, uh, 
what's something people don't know about Frank? Like the average person wouldn't know. Other than your uh, proud cat dad. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, we also have turtles. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that little boy of mine, I tell you what, he loves all different kinds of things. But You've got your yeah, own little Tiger yeah, King kind of yeah, amusement yeah. park. Yeah. Well, the other day, this is how, the other day my wife's cutting hair on this older man, and he's actually got all these exotic animals that, and I think it has something to do with that guy that you just said. Right, the Tiger King. But anyways, he's having to move these Galapagos turtles. I mean, these are like 100-pound turtles. Don't get me to yeah. try to say any more about it. Cause I, my boy knows, but I don't. But anyways, long story short. You just threw a word out there I've never heard before. So. They're called, that son of mine told me, it's like Galapagos huge tortoises. They're huge Big. turtles. Yeah. yeah. So he, this old man and this boy are talking in the barbershop. Next thing you know, this guy is going to give this boy, there's going to be one of them turtles waiting on me when I get home. You know, and I might have to figure out what to do with it. But Wait, How do you house a 100-pound turtle? I don't know. I mean, they say they're real low maintenance, but you got to, I guess, build some fence or something to keep them, keep them contained. It but. sounds like something Megan would do. Yeah. Like, I, I could certainly hear yeah. her coming home saying, we got a, we got a turtle. Yeah. That's funny. Have you ever been to that place? I that's not too my, far from you. My wife and she's took the kids several times. I've never. I've, it's always been when I'm gone, right? Because so. you're pretty close. What twenty minutes or? Yeah, two? it's not far at all. Um, Paul's Valley Toy and Action Figure Museum, little hot spot. A lot of people don't know about. You ever been in there? Never have. Man, never have. I'm not. There's a lot of things. I when I get <laughs> home, I don't. I, I know where I want to go to do what I need yeah. to do, and I don't. My wife's like, she thinks I I suck at the the social life or whatever you know but it's nice but, i'm the same way like yeah. I, I love being home yeah when you travel as much and everybody thinks that the road is a vacation and they think it's just yeah. all fun and games but you know you're you're putting a lot of work out there yeah what's a normal monday tuesday wednesday like i get home i try to uh make somewhat of an off day mm-hmm. somewhere in there but most of the time that's a day i'm traveling mm-hmm. get home um Man, just get with the kids, uh, get to doing chores, uh, checking on animals, uh, trying to help the wife get caught up, you know, whether it's laundry, (laughs) you know, whatever it is. If I need to go to the grocery store, you know, whatever. Um, Just get my start getting my workouts in, you know, every day. It kind of depends on the week and kind of where I'm at physically if i'm beat up or if i'm really feeling good you know one or two workouts that day um you know but also so you might you might hit it a couple of times yeah you know and um but also too like like there for a while i had that job welding you know and i was going to i was doing that for eight hours and then uh you know cody might need help working some cows or yeah there's several other guys we work some cows for you know and do you think that the, that little stuff because you guys got a little community down there and you think that helps translate into the arena you think it makes oh yeah guys better i know it does together? i know it does we've we've done so many things out out in the middle of nowhere together you know fighting battles against animals trying to get get animals caught and get them work get them from point a to point b and uh Man, I know it. I know it just carries right over into the arena. You know, we don't have to talk about much. We we know what the other one's going to do. And that's how I do all of my research, my quote unquote homework. I just like hanging out with the guys. They're my buddies. They're my friends. They're who I spend time with on the road. And so 
I don't need to go dive into a whole lot of statistics because I can tell their story. I know if they're dealing with, you know, a pregnant wife at home oh, yeah. or, it, you yeah. know, a sick kid. Like, and to me, those things are way more interesting than how many they bucked off in a row or how many they've rode. And so I know that from my perspective, it certainly helps me just spending time around people, you know, yeah. um, and it's good for me. It's, it's not always the, my favorite thing to do because I always say I love people. But I don't really like people all the time. Yeah, sometimes I know what you mean. Like, and I've come a long ways with that because, and that's one thing about my wife. Like, actually shutting it off when I get home. You know, like, you know, I've I'd be nicer to strangers at a bull riding, and then right. get home, and then she gets the tired, impatient. Right. You know, you that have- guy. And so I've been. I've you know it, I've learned how to turn that off and. You try you, to be better. To we him, we know? talk about like like Chad Berger and some of his friends that will call him on a regular basis. Like you have some some people that just pick up the phone, call you, and like you'll be talking to them in the locker room before a show, and oh, put yeah. them on speakerphone, or we'll pass a phone around. Like like you have people that just genuinely just love saying that they talked to Frank Newsom. Yeah, and like there's a there's a bunch of different people that there's a kid I know in or uh, Arkansas, Little Rock, there Troy. And uh, I met him there, and you know he don't have a fa- much of a father father mm-hmm. figure, you know. I mean he does, but you know he kind of lives kind of pretty low rent kind of set, you know, kind of stuff we read about, you know, and stuff he has to deal with every day. And shit, he calls me all the time, and you know, and like he wants to be a bullfighter, you know. And right now it's like we're just I'm just like right now you just need to be a 15 year old kid and right. Learn how to stay out of trouble every day, you right. know, and 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 he's been doing that, you know, and he's playing football and and uh, he's come a long way. It's amazing what you can just do over the phone, you know, yeah. just talking to him. Yeah, and because we all, yeah. and I say we all, I have amazing parents. My mom and dad were amazing, still to this day are amazing. They're a huge part of my life, but like. You know, I've had other people in my life that have helped me. Oh, you yeah. know, I mean, yeah. just any kind of positive influence is, is so good. Everybody in the world needs more positive influence Absolutely. right now. They really Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Um, I want to go back real quick because we were talking about your working out. Uh, what's your workout playlist? Man, uh, I like that. I like some uh, Lawrence Bishop. Man, he has some, brings okay. some really good, strong Christian Christian mm-hmm. rock, you know. Um that casting crowns, I like mm-hmm. some of their stuff. That that uh, the truth, you know. It's, there's this one song that's about the truth, you know. And um, I like some ACDC too. I like ZZ Top, uh, Bon Jovi. I remember back in high school, I had I had a cassette tape. I had one cassette tape. Yeah, Bon Jovi. You know, <laughs> Slippery and Wet. Play it over and over and over and over. Cause I didn't have a radio. I just had a cassette player, right. you know, in the, in that truck, you know. And so just it's. I've got all kinds of music I listen to, but you so know. is that kind of the deal? Like if you're driving to the airport, that's kind of what you're listening to. Yeah, or? sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm kind of all over the place. Yeah. So, and I just, like some old cowboys, you know, yeah. cowboy songs, and you know, I like a little bit of it, a little bit of it all. But yeah, cool. Um, what's something you want the world to know? Like, like, well, I just feel blessed to get to be here, you know. But like, I. I don't think I I give God enough credit, and I wish I could get better at doing that, you know, because everything good in my life I truly owe to Him. Everybody wants to make me out to be this great, great guy, and I'm and I truly can tell you I'm not. Yeah. I'm a good I'm I'm a winner, like you know what but I mean. But it's because of Him. But 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 it's because of 
him and of trying to follow him and obey him that that things have been good you know i think you're a lot better at that than you gave yourself credit yeah. for and i think that anybody that really pays attention knows that i really do that's one of the first things that like as and, and i can be honest like there's things in my career that i go back and i'll i'll randomly say yep i remember the first time or when i first started man i was so starstruck cuz i was around different people and like you were one of those guys but one of the first things that like really resonated with me was like this guy's really strong in his faith and i'll never forget the first time like i i walked into a cowboy church service and you were speaking and i was like whoa okay cool there's a whole nother side to frank and then from that day forward that's the first thing i see every time i see it like i i see a good man that truly believes god's the reason he's doing anything and Oh, by the way, if Chuck Norris ever gets in trouble, he's got Frank Newsom on speed dial. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, I appreciate you doing this. I know it's it's a really busy day for you. Man, <laughs> it's been fun. It's got me. It's kind of pretty bit, been pretty laid back. It has. It's know. been pretty laid back. But um, yeah. this whole new team format. What do you think? I think it's cool. It's just uh, kind of a new deal, and I don't know. It's just any you know these guys. If it, it it looks like it's kind of lighting a fire in some of them, you know, it's giving them a reason to be more motivated, other than just because they always want to come and ride their bull and they want to do good. But I think it's like another way to kind of get get some motivation, get a little. It's little easy fire to find going. motivation when somebody else is depending on you. Yeah, you know. But sometimes we we'll, we're yeah. not afraid to let ourselves down. Yeah, but we're afraid to let other people down. Yeah, and I think that's what's been good about this. It really has. Um, I miss fans though. Yeah, I miss you people. Know, and I to, and I and I like fighting bulls, whether there's anybody there or not. But but it, it'll be nice. It'll be fun. We get to Sioux Falls, and there'll be some fans there. And yeah, it'll be it'll fun. be back to normal before yeah. before we know it, man. Yeah. Um. Again, man, I appreciate you doing this. I I know that when I started doing this podcast, you were one of the people that everybody's like, we want to hear from Frank. We want to hear from Frank because you're pretty stoic. You're pretty quiet. Um. You're not out there like you know. You're you're not somebody that does a lot of interviews. You're not somebody yeah. that really uh, begs for TV time. So I, I think there's a lot of people that are are very interested to hear from you. So I appreciate you doing this, man. I appreciate doing it. All right, buddy.